Welcome back to the NBA Fan Podcast Playoff Edition. Hey yo! Very excited to talk about the NBA playoffs. This would not be an NBA fan, po- a true NBA fan podcast, if we didn't take some time to talk about the best postseason in sports. Quote me on that. It nice. is, and it's maybe the best postseason in the sport in a long time. In yes, my opinion. at least yeah. through round one. It's already been better than last year, for sure. And I had a feeling it was going to be uh, just because of some of the moves in the offseason. The teams, I think, are a little bit more balanced. We've also seen some young players really step up. So it's been very fun so far. So uh, here's what we're going to do. Just a a quick breakdown here. We're going to go through each first-round series. Chris and I actually made some picks uh, on these series that we're going to go through, and I promise you that we're we tell no lies. These are actual picks that we made. Some of them are crazy. Um, we're going to go through these picks, and then at this point, at the point of publishing this podcast, every first round series has ended. Um, at the time of recording this podcast, there's a couple that have yet to be decided. Uh, but we're going to go through each one, kind of talk about it, and uh, and and go through our uh, maybe some of the surprises and things that we have seen so far as well. That's right. I'm Chris Randazzo. That's Trent Kinsey and Casey. Haven't heard. We don't have time for these introductions, Chris. We've got to get into uh, playoff basketball. We're going to start with the East. So, first matchup has been a good one, in my opinion. Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics. Talk to me. Yeah. So my pick here was the Celtics in six. Uh, What was your pick on this one, Chris? So I had. uh, Let me find it. I had uh, Boston in five. Okay. So we both picked the Celtics. I picked them in six. You picked them in five. I wanted to pick the Bucks really, really bad. I love Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think the Bucks, uh, at least on paper with who the Celtics have available right now, I actually think the Bucks have a better team. But Brad Stevens, the coach of the Celtics, is just a wizard. He's a top three coach in the NBA, in my opinion. Celtics also have home court advantage. They've got some guys that have some playoff experience in like Al Horford and some of these guys. And so ultimately, I just felt like the Celtics were going to uh, were going to step up and and take it. So uh, currently, the Celtics are up three two in the series. They're heading to Milwaukee tonight, I believe, for Game Six. So we've already we've already uh, missed out on your prediction. Uh, my prediction could come true tonight if the Celtics find a way to win. Um, I still think the Bucks could absolutely. I don't think the Bucks are going to win the series, but I think they could find a way to win it tonight for sure. Uh, but it's been a fun series. I think it's been one of the most fun series. Every game has been very entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the most fun players to watch in the NBA. That alone is worth your time. But Boston plays exciting. They've got some young, exciting players in addition to their experience with Jalen Brown. and uh, <laughs> Just laughing that we call Jalen Brown experience. No, 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 He's no, a second-year player. In addition to Al Horford being experienced. Oh, gotcha. They okay. also have young yeah. people I mean, Jalen like Brown, Brown. He is one of the most experienced players on their team because they have so many, like, even right. younger players, but yeah, I, I, I was the wording was wrong, but and then also your your boy from Duke, uh, Jason Tatum. Yes, so yeah. they're a fun team to watch yeah. for sure, um, and I've really enjoyed it. But Milwaukee's ceiling, while they're high enough to win the series, is like incredibly low, like dismally low. Like they can just look like they've never played basketball together. Yeah, at times. Um, they're yeah. Well, I would say, and this maybe this is what you meant. I would say like their their floor is low. Yes, they can be really, really bad, but Thank their you. ceiling is also 
higher, I think, than the current Celtics roster. But I don't mm-hmm. think they'll ever hit that because their their coaching is just not very good. I mean, for example, last game, so game five, biggest game of the season for both teams. It's a 2-2 series. Uh, it ends up being a very close game. The Celtics win the game in Boston. Uh, Giannis took Giannis is the best player on the floor for either team. He, he took 10 shots the whole game. Part of that is on Giannis, but part of that, a huge part of that is coaching staff just making sure that the right guy gets the shots. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Chris Middleton for the Bucks. Yes. That dude can ball. He like can. And silky smooth. He's not doing anything that he didn't do in the regular season either. I went back and looked. I mean, he had a great season, but it you know, he's not a, he's not quite like all-star level, but 20 points a game, really really good shooter, has a lot of size out of Texas A&M, young guy, he's like 25. So I mean, he's been great. Jabari has been Jabari Parker, another Duke reference, um, has been a little bit off and on. He's coming back from injuries. When he's when he's been good, they've won, and when he hasn't been good, they've lost. And so yeah, it's he just seems of, to be the X factor for Milwaukee. He definitely is. Um, he needs to be essentially. They've won when he's been their third best player, um, and when Eric Bledsoe has had to be their third best player, they have lost. So, yeah, enough said there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to Miami, Philadelphia. Right. This one's already been decided. What was your pick? So I had uh, Philly in six, and I believe they took it in five. I had Philly in five. So, so yet again, you're one for one points, and um, potentially two for two if the Celtics take care of business tonight. That's right. If you're going by, you know, how many games they win it in. I mean, if if Milwaukee ends up losing and you know Boston wins it, I'll still be two for two and, and picking them. Just, I'll just be a better version. Just be a of better two version. For two. You will, yeah. and we already know that. All right, <laughs> we already know that. But it's pretty don't worry. True. We're we're gonna get to some matchups later that I was apparently drunk when I made them. That's so, right. but not this one. You were spot on. Yeah. Philadelphia, this is this series <clears throat> series was one of my favorites to watch. Yeah. Um and I think that all in all Miami proved better than I thought. You know, I yes. thought they were going to um, put no together doubt. I thought Goran Dragic, it's hard to say his name. I thought he should have performed better in the playoffs overall. And I thought a lot of their other pieces played well. I thought they played well as, as a defensive team. But Philadelphia was just too much. Yeah. They played them close. Dwayne Wade ended up winning a game yes. uh, for Miami, which was surprising. Not what I would have expected. I mean, I, it's, not to, it's not totally surprising to me that he had one in him. But yeah. he just had one. He just had That's, one. I mean, yeah. I also didn't think Drogic was that bad. I was impressed with him at times. The guy who was terrible, who I think I wouldn't say he cost Miami the series because Miami, like Deion Waiters, was hurt, and anybody who has seen Deion Waiters knows he's the greatest basketball the best player, player in the in, history of the in world all of time. Um, so he was hurt. So obviously Miami was, you know, was really down. But uh, Hassan Whiteside, man, like this is a guy who I mean, what an up and down career he went. I believe undrafted and. Nobody really knew he was. He's so big. He's so athletic. And it just made you wonder, like, how could this guy, why did he play at such a small college? Why did he go undrafted? The Heat find him, and he just explodes onto the scene a few years ago. like one of the best big men almost, it felt like. He's putting up massive numbers, and now he he got a huge contract. I don't remember when it was, and he's just fallen off the map. And... And it, I, you kind of start to realize, like, oh, now I kind of know why he, because I just don't think he cares about basketball. But all that to say, I was really excited about the 
the opportunity to have an Embiid Whiteside matchup. Well, first of all, Embiid didn't even play in the first two the first games. Couple games yeah. And so Whiteside should have completely dominated whoever, you know, Rashawn Holmes or Sarek or whoever the Sixers are putting out there, and he didn't. And I remember in the regular season, you know, there's no better like Joel Embiid is the best internet trolling professional athlete of all time. And he trolled Whiteside all season. They have a they have a a rivalry for sure because Embiid will just tell you like, oh yeah, Hassan Whiteside is super lazy, or like he only cares about stats or all these different things. And I think he's in his head now too. But Whiteside could have I'm not saying he could have won the series for Miami, but he could have helped them maybe win a couple more games. Yeah, so I think we both agree Miami could have played better. They didn't play to their potential. But let's talk about what is most exciting in the series, and that's Philadelphia. J.J. Redick, obviously, yeah. is most exciting. <laughs> Duke reference. Yeah. Uh, no, not even J.J. Redick, who had a great game five, 27 points, like five three-pointers. He's like the fourth most exciting player on their team. Yeah. They, everybody is talking about Philadelphia. And, right. and in fact, uh, you and I have been talking about this a lot almost every single day during the NBA playoffs. Philadelphia looked like they could go all the way in the East going into the playoffs, and now through round one, I think they've proven that. They have to be the favorite, in my opinion. If they stay healthy, they right. have to be the favorite. Because Toronto has Toronto is super weird. They've got like they've played so well all season. They they just have some sort of like a mental lapse in the playoffs and they revert back to really bad basketball. To be fair, they did win a really big game five last night, obviously, but they were they they kept Washington in the game most of the game. I still think they're going to win that series for sure. I have, you know, the Cavs have yet, we'll get to the Cavs in a second. They haven't closed out their series yet. I still think they will win that series. I have no idea who's going to win a Cavs Raptors series. Either way, I still feel like Philly at their best is way better than both of those teams. Yeah, and you started to see, I, I think it was Embiid who might have tweeted that like like let's win it let's win it now like yeah if you yeah. listen to jj reddick's podcast which i always you know suggest, what? i haven't gone back and listened to that recently when, yeah when was their last episode i don't i'm not sure when his last episode was i think he takes the playoffs off though so it's been a little while makes sense but he made a point about uh and i honestly couldn't tell you which episode this was but he made a point about how some of the some of the players and or especially maybe not players on the team but like people surrounding the team are so excited that they've gone from being so bad to being in the playoffs, and now obviously they've won their first-round series. Um, and he is like, we can't, we can't take this like one step at a time anymore. We have to – he's like, we can get to the finals and we can win it, and we have to – that has to be our goal. Like we can't just be happy with, hey, we were terrible last year and this year we made the playoffs. Like – because he has seen, he was, you know, he was on the 2009 Magic team that went to the finals kind of surprisingly. And he said as a young player, after they lost in the finals in 2009, he thought, oh, we're going to be back for the next like four years because we've got Dwight and we've got Richard and we've got all these guys. And they never came back. And I think you can look at the Thunder as well in 2012. You've got, they go to the finals in 2012. You've got a super young Durant, super young Westbrook, super young Harden and Ibaka. And the assumption is, I certainly had this assumption, they're going to go to the finals for five straight years, and they never went again. So you just never know what's going to happen. So I think that 
even though Philadelphia is super young, Ben Simmons is a rookie. Joel Embiid is technically a third-year player, but he, he game-wise, he's almost a rookie as well. You can't worry about that. You just have to try to do it this year. Yeah, especially when LeBron is in the league and you're on the side of LeBron to get to the finals and you have to, you have to cross him at some point. This is by far the worst team LeBron's been on in 10 years. Yeah. And so, they're, like you said, I think they need to feel that urgency yeah. uh, because at, at this rate, LeBron only yeah. seems to be getting better, yeah. surprisingly. Um, and I think they do feel that urgency, too. I, I don't think that that's a potential issue for them. I think they're locked in. I just think as fans, we have to adjust our perception and be like, this is a serious contender, at yeah. least to get to the finals. Are they a serious contender to beat the Warriors or the Rockets? Maybe not, but to yeah. get to the finals for sure. They remind me almost of an MLB team where it's a longer season, and so with, with baseball, the team that gets hot at the end is usually the best team, and you often see wildcard teams go yeah. to the World Series. I would say even more with football, too. Getting hot at the end. Yeah, because the NFL has that one-and-done system. Like... I think being hot in basketball is definitely a big part of it, but because these are all seven-game series, usually the best team wins. Usually. Sometimes, if it's a really even matchup, like, for example, the Cavs and the Pacers, the team that has the best player is going to be the one that's going to win. And sometimes, even when it's not completely an even matchup, if you still have the obvious best player, you're still going to win. But... For the most part, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna come across whoever is the best team. That's why I think like I watched this Celtics Bucks matchup, and I just don't think either of these teams are gonna be able to hang with the Sixers, personally. If the Sixers stay healthy, but let's move on to other first round matchups because we're well, we talked about it a little bit. Cleveland, Indiana. Uh, who, who did you have in this game or so this I, matchup? I had the Cavs in six. Which is still on the table. Still on the table. Um, I had the Cavs in four. Yeah, I know. I thought LeBron was just going to go LeBron. I thought his team wasn't going to suck. I thought the Pacers weren't that good. Yeah. And I have been proven wrong. So you were right about the first one. LeBron has definitely LeBron. Well, he waited game, He waited until game two. That's to, true. To really get yeah. LeBron. But even his game one was still pretty good. Yeah. So he he's definitely lebron Um his team, which you mentioned earlier, this is probably the worst team he's had since 2007. Now, granted, he went to the finals in 2007 with essentially a, a high school team. Um, so, That's true. So it, it's a different NBA now than it was then, but he could still go to the finals with this team. But uh, I think the biggest area where you were incorrect, and I say this lovingly because I think the rest of – all of 99% of NBA fans didn't hey, really can see be, this coming I, I'm either. I'm willing to be wrong. The Pacers have been amazing they have. all year. And most people viewed this like, oh, yeah, they've been great all season. But they're ultimately like they're just not they're not going to be that good or what, and all that. And I still that's why I picked the Cavs in six. Like I still think the cat like LeBron's going to LeBron and, and, the, and the Pacers are not going to be able to keep up. But they have, you know, they're down 3-2 now heading to Indiana, and they've given at least two games away. Like, the Pacers should have already won this series. And I think, ultimately, I think they're going to lose it, And I, whether it's in six or seven. And I think they're going to look back and be like, crap, we had a chance to beat LeBron, and we didn't take it. Yeah, for those of you who haven't been following this particular matchup, Indiana won game one. 
LeBron scored like 50 points to win game two, and Indiana won game three. Yeah. And so, and they didn't have home court advantage. No. And so they went into game four, you know, with a chance to go up three to one and come back home. And they basically threw, no, they were at home in game four. Oh, you're right. Yeah. They, they had a chance to go up three one because they had home court advantage. Right. You're right. Sorry. And they basically threw game four away. Yeah. Like big time. Game five last night for us was in Cleveland, and Cleveland was winning most of the game. And then Cleveland basically tried to throw the game away at the end, and then LeBron, LeBron. He hit a three-pointer at the buzzer. And just like one of those moments that uh, wasn't like, it was just like, oh, yeah, this is why he is the greatest. Yeah. But what I loved about that is that like LeBron is not a – he has – he now has two – no, he actually has three. Three really huge buzzer beaters in the playoffs. He he beat the Magic in 2009 in Game 2. They ended up losing that series, but in the Eastern Conference Finals. He beat the Bulls in 2015, and it was either a first or second round matchup. That was a really big game. And then last night was a huge game for him to hit that shot. But that's not really his game. Like, he doesn't – Well, that's what's amazing about yeah. it. But what's great is that he didn't just hit the buzzer beater. He also got the block before That's to right. give them that. And so it, it, it's kind of like the, the Warriors game you know, way back when, when he got the block and then Kyrie hit the shot. They used to have a guy who would who's rather be the one. And LeBron would tell you, like, I would much rather have Kyrie take that shot. Now they don't have Kyrie anymore. So it's like LeBron gets the block and then has to be the guy to take the shot as well. Um, but it was incredible. I mean, it, it was as incredible of a stretch, of, you know, of a 30-second stretch of any player that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it just—it's why he is the greatest. Yeah, and you get, and it, it's—it is unbelievable to watch, and it's just—it's why this is the best playoff year I think of my life. Maybe wow. the greatest time. It's a big statement to be a, an NBA fan because you're getting to see people that will be remembered. And yep. LeBron by far 15, 17 years into his career. Yeah. So And not just LeBron though, but some of these young guys too. Yeah. That we're gonna be able to tell our kids, like, oh yeah, I watched I remember watching Giannis or Ben Simmons when they were, you know, yeah. super young. But all right, let's quickly talk about by far the least interesting series probably in somehow even less interesting than the Warriors and the Spurs, which has been a complete blowout. Uh, Toronto versus Washington. It, you're right. It, th- here's what makes this the worst, is that it's been an even match, basically, and it's boring. Yeah. Like, that's that's how terrible <clears throat> these teams are, is that they're, yeah. they aren't, like, outwinning each other. They're like, who can be the worst? Yeah, who, who, who can be the least worst <laughs> is basically what... I, I picked Toronto in five. I'm al- I was already mistaken. Yeah, I also picked Toronto in five. And uh, <laughs> this was my Toronto's I, worse than we thought. <laughs> okay, so do you, I don't think they are. I think well, I think that they, I, they mentally, I think they're just not very mentally tough. They're definitely more talented than the than Washington, and I think that they're going to end up winning in six. Um, they're up three two after winning last night. But this was my when we were making our picks. This is what I wrote down about this series. So I just want everybody to okay. I said. The Raptors are known for choking in the playoffs, and they still might play bad 
in this series, but the Wizards are a total mess right now. Here's my last my last line about this. This series feels unwatchable to me. So true. What do you know? So true. <laughs> Completely unwatchable. The Wizards run like the worst offense I've ever seen in my life. And I, I think one of the best ways that I saw the Wizards described is after they won one of the games that they've won in this series, there, there was an article, I think it was a Deadspin article, that the title of the article was, I'm going to paraphrase, but it was essentially like, Wizards win a playoff game taking the same god-awful shots they've been taking all year. So it was essentially like, we won not because we got smart and played better, we won because we just kept taking terrible shots and they just happened to all go in. Um, it, and that is the Wizards in a nutshell. It is. So we will move on because whoever moves on will end up losing and it's not worth our breath. But here's the thing, like, are the Cavs are really bad too. Like, whoever wins that series, are they going to beat the Cavs? I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I watch the Cavs play and I'm like, the Cavs look awful, but they're less awful than the Raptors or the Wizards because they have LeBron. So... I just, it's crazy. And I'm a, I'm a LeBron truther. Like I love LeBron and I still am like how he's going to end up making the Eastern conference finals. He should, like yeah. how? Yeah. It just, uh, yeah. Anyways. The East is just proving to be the East. You know, yeah. when all is said and done, the East is the East right now. I still think that if the Sixers are healthy and they come out of the East and assuming they play, like, let's say they play the Warriors or whatever. I still think that they might be the best. I think they might be better than, certainly better than the 2015 Cavs team and probably better than last year's, maybe better than last year's Cavs team too, as far as like how they match up with the Warriors. But that's a, that's a different conversation. But yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the West. Yes. So let's start with the sweep, the only sweep. We have to start with this one. Portland and the Pelicans. Um, so the, the fact that this is the only sweep is one of the reasons why this is 10 times more of an interesting playoff year than last year when essentially the Cavs swept all the way through to the play, like finals and the Warriors swept all the way through to the right. finals. It was boring for anybody that wasn't a Warriors or LeBron fan, yeah. which you and I both happen to be. Right. So, and it was still kind of boring. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Wow. But that's neither here nor there. Point being, the only sweep... New Orleans Pelicans, now this was the six and the three, and while that might feel like a difference, they had a record that was one game off. So right. at the end of the day, these are essentially two even teams over the course of the season. Um, and I think you and I had some pretty different thoughts on how this was going to go. We did. Um, I had New Orleans in six. I had Portland in five, I think, and I was... Very wrong. Now, Trent being very wrong has about the rest of the NBA world on his side because everybody thought Portland was going to win. Everybody yeah. thought Damian Lillard was, you know, should at least have the thought of being an MVP and was going to take over the series and something like that, right? He, yeah. he was the hottest player in the second half of the NBA, statistically. Yeah, one, yeah, one of them for but, sure. But Anthony Davis, so Anthony Davis happened Davis, yeah. to be like the second. So this, part of part of my issue, I made the mistake of letting some preconceived notions get in on this one, and I didn't do enough research. Um, 
Because I think if I had done research, I still probably would have picked the Pelicans, or uh, sorry, picked the Trailblazers, but probably not in so few games. So I still would have been wrong, but not as wrong. Um, but what I realized as I as I looked into the stats after a, after the sweep had happened, I was like, okay, I got to try to figure this out. The Trailblazers are actually one of the worst shooting teams. Uh, they're actually the second worst shooting team heading into the playoffs. Which, to me, when I look at guys like C.J. McCollum and Lillard, who are considered really good shooters, I'm like, okay, well, you're obviously taking really bad shots. And I think that proved true in the series. Lillard took just horrible shots. Um, And so we saw that. And the other thing that I think we saw is Portland goes the way of Nurkic, their young big man, um, who I still think can be very, very good in this league. But one of the things I've heard... CJ McCollum say about him is like sometimes he's good and sometimes he's not basically and and like and I think he just got honestly punked by Anthony Davis which I mean respect like who wouldn't get punked by Anthony Davis he's gonna punk you no matter what Anthony he really really got owned I think Anthony Davis we've we've kind of stopped talking about him a little bit because he had a season where he was like lost to injury and the Pelicans have not been very good. And we kind of forgot that he is probably the best power forward in the NBA, like in the world right now. And he was an MVP candidate this year, but everybody, at least for me, I felt like everybody was kind of like, well, yeah, he's quote unquote an MVP candidate, but like, is he? But he essentially single handedly won this series. I mean, we need to talk about Drew Holiday. We need to talk about playoff Rondo because both of those, both of those guys are the reason that this was a sweep and not a like Pelicans in six or seven. But even had they not played well, the Pelicans still would have won this series because Anthony Davis just went like God mode on on the Blazers and just dominated every facet of the series. Yeah, it's kind of a two-and-one that led to the sweep. Both Portland played pretty poorly. Like, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum did not shoot well. You know, Evan Turner looked like their best player in game one, which is, <laughs> you know, you're going to get swept <laughs> in a playoff series if that's the case. And um, But New Orleans just, I mean, they played to the top of what they can play, maybe even higher with, like you said, with playoff Rondo coming out of nowhere. But Drew Holiday is someone who I saw in the regular season take over games, which surprised me because I thought he was just like a good point guard. Yeah, you know, like middle of the road. Yeah, he's he's good enough for you to win a, a championship. Like he's not he's not going to hurt you by being on your starting five. Yeah, he needs to be like your fourth best player. Right. Don't turn know. the ball over. You know, run your offense. Get the ball to Anthony Davis. Play good defense. Mm-hmm. He does more than that. He hits yeah. big shots. He yeah. can drive. He can post up smaller p- guards. Mm-hmm. And he's making plays. And he's doing all that in addition to running the offense and getting Anthony Davis involved. To me, the two most impressive players in the playoffs so far that you wouldn't have already expected to be impressive, you know, like not like Ben Simmons or anything. Like it's got to be Chris Middleton, who we talked about with the Bucks, and Drew Holiday. And They've both been guys that I'm just like, yeah, they're good. Like they're 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 good. But I to see them do this in the playoffs has been and consistently, like both of these guys too, it's not been like, hey, one game you had 36 and the other game you had three. It's like every single game we're gonna give you at least 20 points. And the consistency, like that the playoffs are a different animal. And it's that's really impressive. Yeah. And and one of the things I haven't talked about too much is 
a half-court offense. You know, you have to be able to run a half-court offense because the game slows down. And they just run a really good half-court offense. And that's where I think I missed it going into the, this matchup because not only do, does Portland not shoot the ball well, but they also are one of the, when you look at all the playoff teams, they average the least amount of assists of any play, of any team going into the playoffs. And what that says to me is, like, we play one-on-one basketball. It's all we do. Right. And, and run and, that, gun, you know. and that's what they do. Like, CJ and, and Dame are just trying to take people off the dribble and shoot three-pointers. And the Pelicans are, other than the Warriors and the 76ers, they're, so they're the third highest assist team. So the Warriors and the 76ers have more, but still, like, they have a really high assist number. And again, that is, we were working the ball around. We have to, and part of that is that they don't really have anybody on their team that can create their own offense. Like, other than maybe Drew Holiday, they really don't have anybody that's going to yeah, Miritich isn't just gonna create make a play. His own. Gosh, I totally forgot about Miritich too. What a great he had such a great series. What yeah. a, what a pickup from the Bulls to That's get a right. guy who's like not happy. He's getting in fist fights on the Bulls and just bring him in. Um, he shaved his goatee and they're not yeah. letting him grow it back no. because he's on a hot streak. Yeah, he looks like he's eleven, but he yeah he's on a hot streak. Yeah. And then you have to think too, like I can't imagine that the Pelicans have much of a chance against the Warriors. Maybe it'll be a fun. I mean, it's going to be a fun series either way. I don't know. But so, like. Nah. This is a team that's going to get the best center in the NBA added to their roster next year. And so I'm just like, man. It- Let's just do a quick little recall, though, to, to Philadelphia. I mean, I think they have a chance. I don't think that Golden State's going to What are we talking? Philadelphia? What? Sorry. Philadelphia is play well and let's win while we're hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that the um, – that the Pelicans don't have Boogie with them, but they've been playing better without him. And it's true. It's not necessarily a fact to just say they're better without him because they've been playing well without him. But the fact is, this is the best they've been. And it sucks that they have to go against the Warriors in round two. But yeah. who knows if Curry is actually playing? The Warriors have shown in this past season at times yeah. to not necessarily play their best when Curry's not on the team. Yeah. And yes, they had a great first round, but to me, this is not a foregone conclusion. No. With Curry hurt and Anthony Davis, Rondo, it, and Drew Holiday. It would be the story. Way. It would be the story of the NBA, though, if the Pelicans were able to win this series. And I the thing that I want to see about this series is who Anthony Davis matches up against. Because you know on when the Pelicans are on offense, Draymond is going to be guarding Anthony Davis, which just excites me so much because I think it's going to be amazing. But on the other side of the ball, like, does Anthony Davis guard Draymond? I don't think he does. I think Miritich does. Anthony Davis might be checking Kevin Durant on the other side of the ball, which is also, like, incredibly intriguing to me. Um, so we're going to see. Like, I, you know, who knows? Anthony Davis might – I mean, he kind of plays center for them, so, like, maybe he's just guarding, like, JaVale McGee or something. I don't know. But, like, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun series for sure. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to the Warriors-Spurs next, but everyone was saying before that Golden State lucked into the easiest path to the Western Conference Finals, and in my opinion, I, I now disagree with that. I, I would way rather face – who's ever coming out of the OKC Jazz yeah. matchup than New Orleans right now. I did not hear anybody say that, and I, I would have disagreed anyways, even, even <laughs> be it Blazers or Pelicans. Okay, good. Now, I, heard, I heard it a lot. I don't think there's any question that the Golden State got 
the best first-round matchup. I think if you're Golden State and you're without Steph Curry, you 100% would rather play the Spurs than the Timberwolves. Like, no question. Um, which is a, a great segue into us talking about Golden State and the Spurs. But when you talk about second-round matchup, yeah, I I think, I, well, I don't know. The Jazz are pretty good. We'll, we'll talk about that series, we'll too. To that but, like, but, yeah, let's talk about Golden State and the Spurs for three seconds. And let's also talk about how not only was this the easiest first-round matchup that Golden State could have gotten, but how after winning the series, they were talking about how nobody believed in us. Nobody thought we could do it without Steph. Like, stop. Just stop, Draymond. Just, you know, Golden State against the world. How, yeah. Did you pick them in four or five? I think I picked them in four. I did. I picked them in four. Yeah, and so did I. Um, yeah, to me. But we had the Manu game. We had the Manu game. Moral victory. <clears throat> just put a just put a moral victory stamp on the Spurs season. You know, they played without uh, Kawhi basically the whole season, and yeah. they beat the Warriors, which is something that nobody did last year until. And they had the to deal with, uh, you know, Greg Popovich's wife passed away yeah. mid series. <sighs> Um, they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with with Kawhi. I have no idea what's going on there. Nobody does. That's right. Um, and they pull out one game in San Antonio where the crowd was able to chant Manu for yeah. like five minutes. Yeah. And he just showed us why he's a Hall of Fame player. It was great for everybody. 40. Yeah. It was great. It was great for everybody. Um, and uh, now we just move on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. So let's get to our last matchup. Uh, we didn't. We didn't talk Rockets. T Wolves. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. Yeah, Let's we'll talk. quickly talk them. Um, so, to me... Who did you pick, first of all? Let's see here. I definitely picked the Rockets. I picked them in five, which I think is yeah. what happened. It is what happened. I also picked the Rockets in five, so God, way to go. Um, and uh, I do think that the T-Wolves were <laughs> probably one of the best, talent-wise, one of the best eight seeds, like, ever. Um, and they... It's it's kind of a tie to me between the Bucks and the Timberwolves as like two teams like the Timberwolves have the talent to be probably the three or four seed in the West and they just underachieve. Um, well, not just the talent; they were two games off or three games. That's off true. Three that's seed. true. So they yeah. actually could have. It's just kind of how the West was. That's yeah, right. yeah. So it they and they gave. I so my expectation and this is like my notes that I wrote down like picking the Rockets in five, but I think. I didn't think any of the games, other than maybe one, would be a blowout. And that's kind of how it played out. Like, every game was very close. The Rockets just put them away. Um, and it's just kind of unlucky for the Timberwolves that that's who they had to face. But I, I do think that the Timberwolves can be very, very good. I think Carl Anthony Towns is on his way to being the best center in the NBA. I wish they would actually go to him more. Um, yeah. I don't understand the Derrick Rose experiment that they're doing. Um, I think they, he needs to be off their roster as soon as possible. Um, but Thibodeau loves him. Uh, I, I love – a lot of people don't like uh, Andrew Wiggins. I think that he needs to improve defensively, and he, he is improving defensively. But that that core three of Wiggins and Butler and Carl Anthony Towns is great, it's and I amazing. think they should keep it. I mean, you've got two guys between, but honestly, all three of those guys can can create their own offense. All yeah. three of them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. I think we just need to stop having like the expectations that Wiggins is going to be more than a, a third best player. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think if you do that, then great. 
And if you think about Wiggins as just being a really good third best player, then he just needs to improve his effort defensively. And I think he's there. I think yeah. he's there to be that that player. Um, but they need they got to figure out their point guard situation. As much as I am a Duke guy that loves Tyus Jones, I don't think he's he's not the answer as your starting point guard. I think he could be a good backup. Um, Jeff Teague is not a great answer as your starting point guard either. Um, but that yeah, they just got to figure a couple things out, and I think that they are they proved that they could be right there. And I am a massive Carl Anthony Towns fan. Um, but and it's, his green shoes. Yeah, love it. I love every yeah, love it all. I, I also love the Timberwolves jerseys this yeah, year. Yeah, me too. Um, and so they their their jerseys changed up for for Nike, but. Uh, yeah, they're hopefully next year. I think they, they've got to feel pretty good. This is the first time they've made the playoffs since 2004. I think they got to feel you, you kind of simultaneously feel good about it, but also a little bit disappointed because, like you said, they could have been a higher seed if they had just won a couple more games. Yeah, they definitely are a second round caliber team, but so are half the teams in the West, and someone's got to move on, right? Someone's got to yeah. lose. And um, it, as far as the Rockets, I think they did exactly what we expected them to do. Yeah. My um, kind of my two things that stick out to me in this series are one, I just am impressed how all of them wear those like high white socks with their black shoes. You know, like nobody Who's else that? does that. The, the wolves, the rockets. Oh, the rockets. Yeah, they all wear hardened white socks. It's great. But the second thing is they had a fifty-point third quarter. Yeah, they had the quarter of their team's career basically. Like yeah. all of the planning and the stats and the. The three-point shooting, everything, Harden, Chris Paul, it came together, and I think it's either the best quarter or the second-best quarter they've had ever. Yeah, and this is why you can never, you can never count out the Rockets, even if you get them down, because Correct. they could drop fifty on you in a quarter. It's kind of like how and, the Warriors have been in the past, and and the, I think the they Rockets, still are, and they yeah. are. Which is why a Rockets-Warriors-Western Conference Finals is going to be just nuts, yeah. assuming everybody's healthy. So I just want to point that out. That was incredible. I didn't watch it, but go back and watch highlights of that quarter, 50 points. Um, it was awesome. So, yep. okay, now we're last match the up. last matchup, and it's probably the one that's sparked the most debate. We saved it for last so we could talk about it. The Thunder and the Jazz. It's the 4-5 matchup. Thunder are the 4-seed, Jazz are the 5-seed. First of all, who did you pick? In the series, I picked the Jazz. In no, that's you. Sorry, I'm no, I did you. not pick the no, Jazz. No, no, sorry, I'm looking at your picks. I picked the Jazz in seven. Okay, that's looking like a great pick. Uh, I picked the Thunder in six, which can still happen. Um, Both of but, our options are still yeah, on the exactly. Table. But I said, uh, I said the Thunder should keyword should dominate this series, but the Jazz have the better coach. They have a potential series-changing interior defensive player in Gobert, and that plus Donovan Mitchell should make it interesting. But ultimately, I think Russ and Paul George play well enough to pull away. Um, and that is weirdly kind of what we've seen. Um, That's but right. That is a, a, a scarily good description. Yeah. You but missed a. I promise we wrote all of these before the playoffs started. Yeah. The, 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 here's the here is my take on on this series. The. The Thunder have some better all-around players in, like you said, right. Russ and in uh, Paul George. Yes. To me, the Jazz are one of the best team units Correct. in the NBA, up there with Houston and Golden State. <laughs> and they've played 
like almost to their highest ceiling. Correct. And probably should be in the lead in this series right now. Yes. Um, and Donovan Mitchell has been just as good in the playoff series. He is dynamic. He's scoring. He's getting other people involved. Gobert has been an incredibly dominant defensive mm-hmm. uh, presence. And you've got these other people that are just role-playing well on their team. They picked yeah. up Dred's guy. Uh, Jay. Jay yeah, Crowder. Jay Crowder, um, who had a 16-point first quarter last night. They yeah. couldn't capitalize on it. Um, you've got Joe Ingles, you know, the most, the most explosive player on their team. Your former college roommate. That's right. Um, it's not true. It's not. <laughs> he, it's just, awesome. he looks like he's everyone's former college roommate. Uh, so there, to me, I love their team. Yeah. I'm pulling for them. I want them yes, to win. Um, totally biased in that. And I just, I really enjoy watching them play. And, yeah. And then also I'll add to this, this is why this has been the most interesting series to watch is yes, there may be the most even matchup and that's interesting, but this has been one of the most physical matchups. This has been one of the most yeah. intense, like emotional just people getting in each other's face. Emotional, like, anger. Like, Mitt Romney yelling at Russell Westbrook from the sidelines. It doesn't get more intense than that. It does not. So it's been super fun to watch. Yeah. So let's talk about this. Oklahoma City has better superstars. Everybody said this team was built for the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. What is wrong with Oklahoma City? Oh, if you could just sum it up in so many things in one player. <laughs> well, what is if, wrong? If I had them? to sum it up in one player, then it's Carmelo. Um, but the so here's the deal: when you talk about team stats with these two teams, um, the first thing let's talk about the Jazz first. They, along with the Celtics, are the two best defensive teams in the NBA going into the playoffs. Um, the Jazz are stellar defensively and most of that has to do with Rudy Gobert but it also has to do with just like their team defense and how they play Quinn Snyder is such a good coach and we've seen it this year um offensively they just take good shots they just take the right shots in that way it's kind of similar to the Blazers versus the Pelicans like the Jazz just get better shots than than the Thunder do um, the Thunder, again, kind of like the Blazers, are one of the worst shooting teams in uh, in the NBA heading into the series. But they're like the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA as well. So they miss a lot of shots, but they also rebound a lot of those misses as well. A lot of that well. is Steven Adams. A lot of it's Steven Adams. A lot of it's Westbrook as yeah. well. Um, so you you kind of just don't really know like what's you know what's going to happen. Like going into the series, it's like who's going to have the advantage. Um, and as far as like what what else has happened in the series to make it this way, like the first thing is when the Thunder haven't gotten good shots, that's a huge part of it. Some credit has to go to the Jazz defense, obviously, but the Thunder also don't move the ball very well. And even when they've gotten good shots, uh, especially for Carmelo Anthony, he just hasn't made them. Like they brought Carmelo Anthony to the team to make open like, shots. You've got one role, and that's make open shots. And he hasn't made any open shots. Um, and so that's obviously a huge part of it. And I think, too, like it, a lot of it has to do with, with Russ, too. And like Paul George has played great. I mean, I think he's played amazing. And this could be, honestly, we could do an entire episode on Russell Westbrook. 
um, just because I think he's so fascinating. Because it, I, I have been as critical of Russell Westbrook as anybody in the world, and yet he's one of my favorite players. It's almost like it's like a it's like a family member. You know, it's just like you're you're critical of them because you know how how good they could be. Like Russ is already easily a top ten player in the NBA, maybe top five. I think he could be the second best player in the NBA if he wanted to be. Um, but what holds him back is his decision making. And the, a lot of that decision making, it's either shot selection or it is um, just the speed with which he plays uh, and, and that sort of decision making. Even last night, you know, we were joking about the Wizards and how like they won a game against the Raptors, still taking the same terrible shots, but they just happened to go in. And that's honestly what happened last night with the Thunder as well. Like Russ, Russ shot, I think, either six of eight or seven of nine from three last night. And that's that's an aberration. It it's an aberration. That's not going to happen more than one, maybe two games in a series. They were down. The Thunder were down twenty five last night in Game Five, and they came back and won in large part to Russ scoring about forty six points. But you're, he's just not going to hit seventy five percent from three uh, again. Yeah, when probably you, when you so, wa- when you watch him play over the course of the series, I've maybe seen m- this series more than any other. And he just hasn't had that in him for five games, right? Yeah. So it's it's won them this game, won them game five, and together with you know a couple other things, right? Obviously they're they're leading the series now, right? Three two, yeah, three to two, yeah. right? So when we're talking what's wrong with them, they're currently beating the Jazz three right. two, right? Sure. So it's not that they, like you said, don't have this, you know, dynamic team that could be a great team, of course, but they just aren't, and. You know, something that I think you have talked to me about that has helped me understand Westbrook, and maybe you can, you know, spell this out just a little bit more, is that he, the, the pr- one of the things that's the problem with him is that he's so good that his worst self is incredible. Like, the, yeah. like the worst Russell Westbrook and, and, and the teams that he can be on is like, is always going to be a first, second round playoff team. Like, you're never, yeah. because he's so good, because he can be the second best player in the league. Yeah. But he's got a ceiling that he just can't get past. Yeah, with his shot selection, with his decision making, and just playing too fast. Yeah, yeah. And and these are the, so I'll, I'll I'll make a comparison here, and it, it might sound weird at first, but I promise it it will make sense. So in 2012, the Thunder lost to the Heat in the finals. Um, they were expected to lose, maybe not to lose four one, especially because they won the first game in the series. But the big three for the Thunder then were obviously Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, all of whom were pretty young at that point. Um, <clears throat> but I, I want to kind of compare them to the big three that the Thunder have now with Carmelo and Russ and Paul George. Obviously, Durant is better than Paul George, and Harden is better than Carmelo, but that's the reason why we're comparing a first-round playoff series and the finals. So just roll with me here. When they lost in the playoffs – or when they lost to the Heat, Durant played well. I thought I thought he played really well in that final series in 2012. He just got outplayed by LeBron, which who wouldn't get outplayed by LeBron? But I thought he played well. I thought he did what they needed him to do. He could have played better, but I thought he played really well. It almost like, started their rivalry. Like Paul George in this series. Paul George has played basically as good as Paul George can play. He's still not 
Paul George's ceiling is not more than like like a top fifteen player, but he's played really really well. He he's maximized it's it's maximum Paul George, if you will. Um, and uh, in the twenty twelve finals, Harden, like Harden's role on that team, he's not the player that he is now. His role on that team was to come off the bench or in some cases start and just make shots. That's all like make shots. And if you can create for others too, that's great. But like mainly make shots and don't be the worst defensive player ever, which is exactly what they want from Carmelo Anthony is make shots and don't be the worst defensive player ever. And a lot of people blame that 2012 finals loss on Harden because he didn't show up. He just didn't, he didn't make shots and he was a terrible defensive player. And so a lot of people want to blame this series on Carmelo as well because the same thing, he's not making shots. But if you go back and watch the finals, they, the, the Thunder had at least two, maybe three games that came right down to the wire against the Heat that they lost. Be, and at least two of them, there was a massive mistake by Russell Westbrook in the final minute of the game. He just he played great all series, and then he would just it, he threw it out of bounds, or he took a really bad shot, and it gave the Heat an opportunity, or he threw a pass, or just whatever, like he dribbled it off his foot, whatever it might be. And so that's that's what you're seeing in this series as well. Like a lot of blame falls on Carmelo because he's not making shots, or whatever. But like Westbrook is still just not making the plays that they need him. To make ultimately, Thunder may still come out of this series. They I, might, but they might win in six. I doubt it. They'll probably go to seven, but they they yeah. have a chance. Yeah, they're not getting out of the second round. They no, I I can't imagine they that they would be able to beat the Rockets. But yeah, so um, so that's great. More to come on that, and we could talk about that for hours and hours and hours. Now, like I said, we could do a whole episode on on Russell Westbrook. We, we did a we did a whole episode on the Thunder. We did. Um, so you can go back and check that out and, and hear a little bit more about their history. Um, so, okay, so I've got some questions here for you. What yes. what has been in the East the biggest surprise? Let's go back to the East. Biggest I surprise think, in that. Yeah, I think. That's kind of tough because um, I haven't been that surprised by a lot by a lot of the things that have happened in the East. Um, I guess I would say the Raptors and the Wizards. I, I guess uh, I would say that the the Raptors and the Wizards actually being tied two two going into Game Five. Obviously, the Raptors are up three two now. They're probably going to win the series, but. I was tempted to to buy into the Raptors, even though because they had such a good regular season, even though they they're known for not playing as well in the playoffs. Uh, I just felt like maybe this is their year. Like and going in, they probably would have been my pick to come out of the East, just because I felt like Cavs are not playing well. The Cavs are a terrible defensive team, and I you know the Sixers. I was just like, we got to see it happen. I don't you know just don't know. But after watching the first round, like we said, I think the Sixers would be my pick. Um, so I've been maybe surprised isn't the right word, but disappointed certainly that the Raptors have not yeah. played better. I think for me, and we talked about this earlier, is Indiana playing the way they did, stealing game one, coming out, looking like they could take the series. Um, now, obviously, things have switched a little bit, but to me, that was my biggest surprise. As we know, I was not surprised yes, by that. Um, all right, biggest surprise in the West. 
Well, this is no brainer for me. Was the Pelicans like absolute no brainer? Uh, every other series has gone basically exactly as I expected it to. Um, and even the Thunder and the Jazz, like we talked about, this that's gone exactly as I kind of felt like it would. Um, but the Pelicans, I mean, it was, it's a surprise alone to me for the Pelicans to win that series, but to sweep it and to dominate it the way they did uh, is by far the biggest surprise. Who's the best playoff player? Wait, what was your big surprise on oh, the list? Uh, I mean, I would say the same thing. I, I expected them to win, but I picked them in six. Yeah. So, okay. Um, best playoff player, player that, you, you know, showed up, in the playoffs in a way that they have it in the regular season. Oh, in a way that they have it in the regular season? Because I was yeah. going to say it's, it's LeBron. No, no, <laughs> like no. The sorry. Not the, the, the best, uh, you know, you said playoff Rondo. Is he yeah. the best player that, you know, wasn't really very good in the regular season? Yeah. You know, other players are, you know, I thought Rubio has showed up a lot. Maybe he's been this, this good all season. Saric has, I thought, been really, really good. Yeah. Um, um, as far as like players that have just made a really big difference and maybe you didn't expect them to be this good, um, probably Drew Holiday for me. Um, like we talked before about Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Those are two, yep. two big ones for me. Um, honestly, I, I sound like a Duke homer when I say it, but J.J. Redick is a massive X factor for the Sixers. I would say even bigger than Sarich, although I really like Sarich as well. Like, um, J.J. Redick is, as he goes, the Sixers often go. And Ben Simmons and Embiid get get all the headlines and they get all the hype. And I think deservedly so. I have friends, I have a lot of friends that are Duke fans, obviously, who are kind of upset that J.J. doesn't get more credit. I'm not. I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, you've got Simmons and Embiid are future Hall of Famers and what they're doing at their age, like they, they deserve that hype. But I don't think J.J. wants that hype. I don't think he cares about it. And I also know that everyone on that team knows how important he is to that team. Um, and just as the, as the leader, as kind of the elder statesman, he's really one of the only veterans on the team with any experience whatsoever. Um, and he's just played really, really well. Yeah. And so I, I think, yeah, I would say probably Drew Holiday, J.J., and, and Chris Middleton would be the three Great. that I would choose. Um, best moment so far in the series. I've got a couple options here, and you can yeah. feel free, free to throw Go for your it. own. You've got LeBron's three pointer last night and block game five and block the combination. Pacers winning game one, Manu's game four against the Warriors, uh, or the Rockets fifty point third quarter. Yeah, I think I would. I would go with all of your moments. I would trade out the Pacers winning game one. That would be the only one that I wouldn't include. And I would instead say the Celtics-Bucks first game, game one of the Celtics-Bucks series, that went into overtime. And actually, the end of regulation had like three straight massive shots, including two, right. two buzzer beaters. That's right. One of them wasn't an actual buzzer beater, like, but it felt like one because there was only like one second left. Terry Rozier, right? Yeah, That's Terry right. Rozier hit a three with like two seconds left that you thought won the game. And then the Celtics came down, and I think – was it? Oh, it was Brogdon, I think, Brogdon. That, who's another player on the Bucks that I love. But Brogdon hit a buzzer beater to send it to overtime. And so the – and then they had – I mean, they had another game where Giannis got a tip in right at the buzzer too. That's just been such a fun series. So I would trade that out for Indiana's uh, game one win. But otherwise, I totally agree. I mean, I think the moment of the playoffs so far has to be LeBron's stretch last night with the block and the buzzer beater. But, you know, obviously the Rockets' big – 
quarter, Manu was great as well. I also think there there were some moments from the Pelican series, um, some of Rondo's passes, some of Anthony Davis's putbacks over yeah. Nurkic if were. You, if great. you just have a highlight reel of Anthony Davis slam dunks just from this series, yeah, it would be like five minutes long and incredible. My favorites are the ones where. I mean, he had some great just alley-oops and dunks on his own or whatever, but my favorites are the, like, tip-in dunks that he had where Nurkic just doesn't box out. And you can see, like, Nurkic, like, reaches up for the rebound and Davis just, like, essentially jumps over him and dunks it in. And Nurkic's face is just like, ah, crap. I knew I forgot something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so it just, yeah, it's, it was great. So right. those are probably the only moments. Last question, best rookie in the playoffs, <laughs> I know this is a question for the for the whole year, but just in this playoffs, yeah. who do you think has impressed you more, Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell? Um, I would say Ben Simmons still. Um, I think that the I don't know. It's really because ultimately a lot of the debate comes down to whether you consider Simmons a rookie or not, anyways, because he had a whole off season. That aside, just who's yeah. having, you know who's having a better one, so. I think, I think it's Mitchell, but it's close. It's so close. It's it's almost not even worth picking one. Um, to me, Mitchell's success offensively doesn't look like a rookie. You know, like he just doesn't like to, the way that he attacks his confidence and finishes is is like to the level of what I've seen in Westbrook at times. You know, he just for sure yeah he has that that eye. And he's not doing it at a cost to his team. Now, that's that's just his argument. There's a there's a whole other argument for Simmons and how the whole team success is is flowing through him. Yeah. Uh, and so both incredible. You know, the fact that we're getting to watch this playoff series and watch these young players like just develop and ha- and watch them in their first playoffs is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the. I pulled up the stats now for the playoff stats, and Ben Simmons is better in basically every single category other than three point shooting. Um, and so I, I would give it to Ben. That's what I was kind of leaning towards, anyways, just watching both. But that's not to take anything away from Donovan Mitchell. I think right. Donovan Mitchell is more of a. It sounds weird to say this because he's been so good, but he's more of just like a standard player. He's just like really, really good standard kind of rookie. And Simmons is such a. Unicorn, I, I just think Simmons just adds more to the game. I mean, he just he he adds more to his team than Mitchell does. Mitchell, basically all he does, and again, this sounds like I'm minimizing it. I promise I'm not. But basically, all he does is score and just take a lot of shots. Because Utah is a team that's built around defense, so they don't have they don't have a ton of scorers. Like especially when, once they lost Gordon Hayward to the Celtics, they just didn't. And they also lost Rodney Hood, obviously. They traded, you know, or got lost Rodney Hood to the Celtics and different things. Like, they just don't have a lot of scorers on their team. And so Donovan Mitchell, like Donovan Mitchell's usage rate is so high. Literally, it's over 30%. So that means a third of all Utah possessions end with him shooting the ball, which is crazy. Right. Um, And so the fact that he is still putting up pretty decent percentages and things like that is really, really impressive. Um, but even then, I mean, he's shooting about 44% from the four floor and 30% from three, which is not great, you know, but he's just, he's still scoring. He's averaging 27 points a game in, in, in this right. playoff series. Okay. So I think comparing him to Russ is a pretty good comparison as far as scoring. And I think he's been very impressive in that sense. But um, I look at Simmons averaging 
18 points, 11 rebounds, and nine assists, plus two and a half steals. And and knowing that he shoots a really high percentage from the floor, he just doesn't take threes. But yeah. um, I would I would still give it to Simmons. It's a good argument. Well, that about does it does it for us. We've really uh, enjoyed talking about the first round. Trent, you want to do a second round one too? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Great. we need to come back and we'll we'll make predictions for the second round, and then we'll come back after the second round is That's over right. and talk about all the mistakes that we made. That's all right. Maybe we'll be talking about the Pelicans taking down the Warriors. Who knows? I, you know, if anybody could beat them. I wouldn't mind if it was them, to be perfectly honest. So, um, cool. Well, find us on Twitter at the NBA Fan Podcast. Uh, it's that simple. And we'll see you guys next time. See ya.